Chapter Fifteen of the Lair of the White Worm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barry Eads. The Lair of the White Worm by Bram Stoker. Chapter Fifteen. On the Track. Those who had seen Edgar Caswall familiarly since his arrival and had already estimated his cold-blooded nature at something of its true value, were surprised that he took so to heart the death of old Chester. The fact was that not one of them had guessed correctly at his character. They thought, naturally enough, that the concern which he felt was that of a monster for a faithful old servant of his family. They little thought that it was merely the selfish expression of his disappointment, that he had thus lost the only remaining clue to an interesting piece of family history, one which was now, and would be forever, wrapped in mystery. Caswell knew enough about the life of his ancestor in Paris to wish to know more fully and more thoroughly all that had been. The period covered by that ancestor's life in Paris was one inviting every form of curiosity. Lady Arabella, who had her own game to play, saw in the matière of sympathetic friend a series of meetings with the man she wanted to secure. She made the first use of this opportunity the day after old Chester's death. Indeed, as soon as the news had filtered in through the back door of Diana's Grove. At that meeting she played her part so well that even Caswall's cold nature was impressed. Ulanga was the only one who did not credit her with at least some sense of fine feeling in the matter. In emotional as in other matters, Ulanga was distinctly a utilitarian, and as he could not understand anyone feeling grief except for his own suffering, pain, or for the loss of money, he could not understand anyone simulating such an emotion except for show intended to deceive. He thought that she had come to Castro Regis again for the opportunity of stealing something, and was determined that on this occasion the chance of pressing his advantage over her should not pass. He felt, therefore, that the occasion was one for extra carefulness in the watching of all that went on. Ever since he had come to the conclusion that Lady Arabella was trying to steal the treasure chest, he suspected nearly every one of the same design, and made it a point to watch all suspicious persons and places. As Adam was engaged on his own researches regarding Lady Arabella, it was only natural that there should be some crossing of each other's tracks. This is what did actually happen. Adam had gone for an early morning survey of the place in which he was interested, taking with him the mongoose in its box. He arrived at the gate of Diana's Grove, just as Lady Arabella was preparing to set out for Castra Regis on what she considered her mission of comfort. Seeing Adam from her window, going through the shadows of the trees round the gate, she thought that he must be engaged on some purpose similar to her own. So, quickly making her toilet, she quietly left the house, and taking advantage of every shadow and substance which could hide her, followed him on his walk. Ulanga, the experienced tracker, followed her, but succeeded in hiding his movements better than she did. He saw that Adam had on his shoulder a mysterious box, which he took to contain something valuable. Seeing that Lady Arabella was secretly following Adam, he was confirmed in this idea. His mind, such as it was, was fixed on her trying to steal, and he credited her at once with making use of this new opportunity. 
In his walk Adam went into the grounds of Castra Regis, and Ulanga saw her follow him with great secrecy. He feared to go closer, as now on both sides of him were enemies who might make discovery. When he realized that Lady Arabella was bound for the castle, he devoted himself to following her with singleness of purpose. He therefore missed seeing that Adam branched off the track and returned to the high road. That night Edgar Caswall had slept badly. The tragic occurrence of the day was on his mind, and he kept waking and thinking of it. After an early breakfast he sat at the open window, watching the kite and thinking of many things. From his room he could see all round the neighborhood, but the two places that interested him most were Mercy Farm and Diana's Grove. At first the movements about those spots were of a humble kind, those that belonged to domestic service or agricultural needs, the opening of doors and windows, the sweeping and brushing, and generally the restoration of habitual order. From his high window, whose height made it a screen from the observation of others, he saw the chain of watchers move into his own grounds, and then presently break up, Adam Salton going one way, and Lady Arabella, followed by the nigger, another. Then Ulanga disappeared amongst the trees, but Caswall could see that he was still watching. Lady Arabella, after looking around her, slipped in by the open door, and he could, of course, see her no longer. Presently, however, he heard a light tap at his door, then the door opened slowly, and he could see the flash of Lady Arabella's white dress through the opening. End of chapter 15